don't hesitate to make something 100% clear. Really spell it out. Give some imagery. Give something that someone can really kind of bite onto and make sure that someone understands what it is you're talking about. Today's episode is sponsored by WinTheHourWinTheDay.com, where we help you stop working so hard. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Today's show is going to be great. Now, before we hop on over into that, let's talk about the Winner Circle. Have you checked out the Winner Circle yet? Because, oh boy, oh boy, we have just added a whole bunch of new bonuses and I guarantee you will love them. But if nothing else, do know that everyone in the Winner Circle tells me they get back 25 hours a week within the first month of working with us. Imagine what you would do with 25 hours back a week. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you probably can't even hear me right now because you're imagining it. And if that wasn't enough, if we just did that one thing, let me also tell you that we really just show you how to get your ideas to execution fast, how you can find, hire, and afford, totally afford a very affordable, excellent team. And a team could be one person, it could be two, whatever. But what we're talking about is even a team that can take courses for you. There's so much more. There's so much ninja stuff in the Warner Circle. Check out the link, the Winner Circle. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day, and I am your host, Chris Ward. And today we have in the house, Sean Bernstein. Okay, Sean is from The Right Stuff. That's W-R-I-T-E, like you're writing The Right Stuff. And he's going to talk to us about content writing. He's a content writing agency. I got to tell you, Sean, for some of us, that sounds a little painful. So why don't you jump right in, Sean, and tell me why I'm wrong and what we can do to make this more dynamic and interesting and get better results. Hey, Chris, I don't know that you're actually wrong. It is painful for a lot of folks. So I'm here to really help ease that pain. I'm, I'm, I'm like the pain medicine when it comes to writing. Writing's hard for folks, for two, for professionals especially, for two really distinct reasons that I've come across. Number one is they're just not great at it. You know, they're really good talkers, and they can talk to you all day, and they can sell uh, anything to anyone, and they're just exceptional when you see them face-to-face, but put them in front of a keyboard, and they just freeze up. They just don't have the words there. Or, you know, you get into that lucky position where you're just too busy to write. You know, mm. writing is, you know, that you have to put content out there. You know, it's important for your business, but you've got yeah. everything on fire on your desk and you are just scrambling to deal with what's right on your plate right away. And so, you know, that blog post you're meaning to get to gets pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and it just never comes together. So, you know, marketing unfortunately takes that back burner uh, when you think that everything else is on fire. So I really come in to help folks in both of those camps. All right. Well, you're taunting me a little bit because my, I'm, I'm having difficulty breathing when you talk about your desk on fire because we're very anti that in my world. But 
I totally appreciate what you're saying is it does take some time. And I know for me, um, even, you know, I'm very purposeful about my content writing, but also then you can't just write it. You got to come back and have fresh eyes and reread it. And, you know, there's all that process and some keywords and stuff. So, yeah. So it gets neglected, whether, you know, purposefully or indirectly, whatever. So we're going to, when we do it, what is it that we need to be doing to make this content a little bit more purposeful so that, you know, when we do buckle down and do it, it's got a, you know, a, a longer shelf life or a bigger reach. So it's really a first step in putting yourself into the shoes of your readers. And what do your readers actually want to see? And, you know, you can talk about the nitty gritty and the ins and outs of your business and your, you know, thought leadership, really sort of deep level thought leadership and philosophy. And that's great. But if it's not going to make sense to the people who are actually coming to pay you money, uh, then it's not really going to do a whole lot for you. So really put yourself into the shoes of those who are going to be reading your work and start from there. What do they want to see? What do they need to know about your business? What do they need to know about your industry? What is it that, you know, it's new and hot or a new trend? that they're probably, you know, wondering about, they've heard about, what can you offer them as a little bit of information, a little bit of guidance, you know, start with those kinds of things and really take it a step back and you're going to get some great content out of that to start with. Okay. So what you're saying that all I've heard it before, it all sounds like it's making sense, but I think you're just today, and this is something we all do. And I say this very confidently to other people. Um, and, but of course you, you know, it, you always think you're excluded from this, but I would argue, I would say 80% of websites are written for other individuals in your field. Like they're talking above, you know, like, you know, it could be something as simple as I remember being younger and looking for insurance and you land on the page for my car. And it's like, why pick the best insurance broker? Well, I didn't even know what a broker was, you know, I'm like, oh, what's a broker, right? Okay. So that's not written to me. And just today I, I was doing, um, a, you know, a little post on LinkedIn and in the past, I've always sort of written about, you know, you don't have to work this hard and why systems and processes are so important. Let me talk to you about our super toolkit. And then there's, a, there's still room for all that, but a real direct conversation. So today I was writing a post. And I had a picture of, you know, one of my clients who was meeting for the first time because we hire, train and onboard, you know, when we have clients working for us. And because you, in order to have systems and processes, you need somebody to implement them. So we help you build your team. So I had a picture of us up there during the interview and I wrote, hey, she's really excited. And this is, this is how the interview went and blah, blah, blah. And I had never really done that before because I'm all like the bigger picture and I'm all about like, you know, writing the manual or, and it was, I saw a real difference. I just put it up, but I saw a real difference in the, and the tone of it. And I guess I try really hard in my videos not to do this, but I think in the writing, I'm still presenting instead of talking. That there's, there's so much of that. And, you know, the insurance was a really good example. I personally come from the legal world. I was a lawyer before I was doing this. Don't hold it against me. Uh, but, you know, lawyers and those kind of professionals are some of the worst culprits because if you sort of run in that sphere and you are, you know, hanging out with other people in your social life, you're running that sphere. It's really easy to forget that your clients don't mm. and they don't always know and understand what you're talking about. You know, I used to have clients that came knocking on my door and I, I was writing when I was, you know, in practice and law, but you have clients who come knock on your door and they say, well, this has happened to me. And I believe it's this same with probably people who go to doctors and they have been diagnosing online and they look things up and they think that they know everything because they've you know, seen a couple of things online and they don't really understand what something means. It happens yeah. a lot in law, happens with insurance brokers, happens with a lot of professionals. And, you know, you get into that presenting mode versus talking. So you can 
you know, present on something and give, you know, some high level information on a certain issue. But are you really talking to that audience? Are you really un- mm. making sure that they understand and that they're actually connecting with what you're trying to say? And it is a different level of discourse. Uh, and, you know, I think it gets a little lost amongst professionals that they're worried, oh, you know, that's, that's going to be too simple or that's just, you know, too far of a step down. And it's really not. It really is not. I'll, I'll go on for, you know, 10 more seconds because one of the things I talk to my clients about is being the shy kid in class. Mm, We've all okay. been the shy kid in class at one point, and it happens to I, us in I a professional. I didn't have that one. <laughs> I, I didn't have that problem, but go ahead. <laughs> you, you weren't the shy kid, but a lot of us no. were. Even today, if you're in a professional seminar and someone's at the front of the room, they're talking about something that you don't understand. You know, mm. they might ask if there's any questions, but are you going to be the lone person raising your hand? Are I you might be, be the, the less confident one. I may not have been shy, but I've been less confident. So, okay. Yeah. So you're talking about that. Yeah, go ahead. No, so that's exactly it. So, you know, we don't want to admit we would understand something. And especially Mm. as we get older and as we, you know, we may have confidence, but we're shy and hesitant to admit if something's not, you know, 100% clear. Um, And so, you know, as a content writer who's really writing for a broad audience, don't hesitate to make something 100% clear. Really spell it out. Give some imagery. Give something that someone can really kind of bite onto and make sure that someone understands what it is you're talking about. So if you know they're looking for a broker, insurance broker, as you mentioned, well, why do they need a broker? What is a broker? What does a broker do? How can a broker help? Mm. You know, set yourself apart by really offering that extra level of breaking things down and your clients th- will thank you for it. I think as you were talking, I just made a note to myself, like, ah, oh, you know, probably we could just write posts or blogs or whatever on frequently asked questions, FAQs, like, Cause then we would bring ourselves down to like, yeah, that's a great question. I get that a fair bit where we we tend to talk above. So it is opening my mind just as we talk about big opportunities that I know I'm missing. You also, Sean, we talked a fair bit too about when we chatted before you're a big proponent of stories and that they really drive the point home. And I know we hear this all the time, but I think it gets forgotten or what makes a good story or how long should the story be or how often do we tell a story? Like, you know, I I don't know, give us some, some inspiration or insight onto that. I think the stories are so important because they're really how we connect with each other. And, you know, yeah, this is new media and digital media and all of that, but storytelling is one of the world's oldest pastimes. We've been doing it since we invented fire and we're sitting around a fire talking to each other. It just goes back before anything. So, you know, it's so ingrained within us. Uh, And I think they're how, you know, they really resonate. People remember stories. If you want to be memorable in your business, don't hesitate to tell a story. People see themselves in stories. You know, they can picture something It kind of leaves that sort of mental picture as they say, you know, oh, I know someone who's exactly like so-and-so, or I, I've been in the situation myself, or, okay, this makes sense to me because I can see it. It's not just words on a page. It's really engaging those words because you instantly have that picture of, you know, what's what's going on there. Uh, so what so makes a good story? What makes a good story? Well, you know, you want to have, I mean, it, it sounds cliche, but you want to have a point. You want to have a reason why you're telling the story. You're not just sharing stories. You know, no one wants to listen to someone at a dinner party. Okay, but do you need to tell somebody anymore. that, Sean? <laughs> Although I have <laughs> talked to people, I've listened to other podcasts for sure. I'm a podcast junkie. Sometimes I think, oh my gosh, that person's got to land that plane, right? But 
I, I, do you need to tell somebody, I, I, maybe, maybe this is where, again, I'm starting above the thing, but are we starting with what is the point of this story? Like, do you, do you have to tell people that? I think you do. I think you want to have an inroads. You want to sort of be able to set something up. You want to be able to set something up that's going to be relatable to someone. So okay. for example, let's use it back in that business context. When I am working with a professional who's in you know the services industry, uh, I want them telling stories about how they can help a client. And okay. so usually that story is about how they've helped someone previously. Uh, you know, I talk about um, one of the best newsletters that I've seen uh, open with the subject line, this couple made a huge mistake and here is how I helped them. It okay. really wasn't more, co- and then it went into the story of, okay, here's what these people did and here's how they, ha- and here's how this person was able to help. So it doesn't have to be more complicated than that, but it does okay. need to have a point, which is key. And it okay. does need to sort of have something relatable. You shouldn't have a story of, you know, yeah, I can talk about that time that I'd, I'll make something up that I was, you know, trekking through the Andes or that I climbed yeah. Kilimanjaro and, you know, that those are great. And if I have a point, then, you know, I'm getting somewhere. But that's something that a lot of people won't connect with. You know, you have to know if you're telling a story like that, that you're not going to, you know, have that sense of familiarity. But if you're talking about struggle, you're talking about, you know, challenges, talking about a big undertaking, you can talk in those sort of terms that someone can really say, oh, yeah, that reminds me of that time that I did this. Does okay, that that's a, a good bit? point. Yeah, yeah, that makes a good point. And I think too, also something you're mentioning, and I believe firmly in this, but I don't think everybody understands this is the stories don't need to be hugely deep or profound, or you don't need to be climbing that mountain. Like there are just fables and stories and, you know, and we know, uh, like anything we read, uh, we always, I know I do. I'm like, oh yeah, I read something like, oh, that makes such sense. And you realize you're not doing it right. But the most simplest profound stories you read in other people's books or posts or whatever really have a big impact on you. So it doesn't have to be some big life. You know, we all don't have to be a hero or look, I'm in a, whatever, I've got this limitation and I climb four mountains and you can do this too. It doesn't have to be like that. Exactly, exactly. You know, and those, there's a place for those stories. And that's great. And yeah, you know, if someone climbed, you know, every mountain in the world, maybe you want to go out and buy their book, because that's wonderful. Yeah. But in a business in a professional context, you know, those stories only get you so far. You want those stories that are really going to be relatable to a whole lot of readers that are actually picking it up. And stories that are going to, you know, when you talk about having a point, talk about how you as a professional can help someone. Uh, that to me is everything. So you have to find a way to work it back to that sort of core narrative of, okay, here's what to take from this and here's how I can help. So what are some mistakes that people make when leaning in and using stories as a, as a lesson tool? I find that they don't, you know, and I, you know, we talked about sort of having a point seems so obvious, but you find some that just don't, you know, I find examples of things that are sort of rambling, on or they're so esoteric, you know, they're so far into the weeds uh, about something that they sort of lost the plot and they're sidetracking. They're trying to tell too much. They're trying to tell too much. They're getting into way too much detail. Uh, You know, that story that doesn't go anywhere. You would have loved my Um, grandfather, dear Lord. (laughs) It wasn't because he was older. He was like that his entire life. (laughs) What the heck are we talking about? I lost track. Okay. All right. So this, here's a, yeah, here's a quick example. So 
When we work with our clients, we help them. We, we hire, we, we find a team for them. We, we go out, we recruit, we go through this whole 12 step process. And then we present them to the client and we sort of help the client. We, we teach them how to train them, right? It's like, there's a way. And one of the big things we talk about is culture and, and giving them sort of risk opportunities versus obedience. We don't want obedience. We want opportunities for them to show how smart they are. And people will say to me, like just yesterday, we were working with a client and we, got her her first hire so that she can start doing all this stuff with super toolkits and everything. And when she said, Oh yeah, yeah. I always tell people I work with, ask lots of questions and blah, blah. And I was giving her examples of how you have to show because you tell people you want them to have ideas. Everyone says that until maybe you feel like, Oh yeah, I had this great idea, but it made my boss's idea not sound so great. Now they're mad at me. Right. So I gave her this quick story. I said, look, what you say, you have to show them that you mean it. And I said, it's kind of like, my husband, for whatever reason, I don't know if he thought the world was at all cruel to me in any capacity because he felt I did a lot for a lot of people. He would like, that's it. Like he always came home with an ice cream. Like he went to the store and got me these particular ice creams. And of course he would hand it to me eight o'clock at night. And I'd look at him and like, it's very sweet and thoughtful. So I would smile. This was his gesture. Like, oh, he felt, you know, I, I deserved a treat. And I'd say to him, I don't need an ice cream at eight o'clock at night and it's not helpful and it's not good to me, but thank you. It's so sweet. Thank you so much. Of course I ate the ice cream, right? Mm -hmm. So what I was saying and what I was doing were two different things. And I gave that example to Christine yesterday saying, look, you have, because you say this until they see it backed up, you have to really reinforce it in the beginning and show give opportunities that you can show them what you say and what you mean are the same thing. So would that be an example of an effective tool? Was it too short? Was there not enough hero in the story? No, I think, you know, instantly, you know, look at what you just did is you just opened up right away. You know, we're talking about clients and client experience and professional experiences, but you've instantly shared a story about your husband. You've spoken, you know, about him before and you shared a story about your personal life and it wasn't anything too revealing and it wasn't anything, you know, earth shattering, but, you know, it instantly I'm thinking about, okay, what are times that someone did something nice for me? And, you know, what is that sort of personal affirmation that someone likes, you know, when uh, they do something good for someone else? And, you know, what are times that people have treated, you know, me with kindness? So I'm hearing your story. I'm seeing you open up a little bit as a professional, still in your professional, you know, uh, persona. And I'm thinking about myself and going, okay, I can really connect with that and resonate with that. That to me is what stories do. I think you just did it perfectly. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. He's my show. He's going to have to say some nice things to me, right? Okay. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So some, so they don't have a point. Give us some other things that we can work on in using stu- uh, stories as a tool for our business. I think giving them a little bit of personality, uh, okay. you know, and giving yourself a little bit of personality, you know, like we just talked about you just doing that you, you know, exposing yourself a little bit. Uh, and I, I work on, like I said, come from legal and I actually was on, you know, Bay street in Toronto, which could be very buttoned down and very, you know, three piece suit at one point. Uh, but it's less and less like that as time goes on. And especially, you know, with professionals that are running their own businesses and working hands on, I think that image of, you know, that we all have to be pictured in a, you know, top mm. button done up in a tie all the time. Uh, we can let our hair down a little bit. I mean, it's 2022 and digital marketing is taking over. And, you know, people are making fortunes on TikTok from doing silly dances. You know, we're exposing, not that you have to do that as, you know, insurance broker or accountant or what have you, but people are exposing themselves a little bit and, you know, really becoming a little bit more vulnerable in telling stories about themselves as well as others. And I think there's a lot to that. You know, you have so many stories of your own and you're probably 
as a professional, maybe a little shy about opening up or, you know, whether it's, you know, getting too personal with clients or, you know, exposing yourself a little bit. Uh, but I think as times are changing, as we're becoming sort of more open with each other, there's so much more room for that. So if you're really lost at sort of that story to tell, look within and see, you know, how you can find something within your experience that your clients can relate to. Yeah, I will say the word shy. I don't know if that's what I'd use, but I, I have, it has been an effort and a, something that has resurfaced many times. Even my team brings it to me where I don't share as much as I should on social media. And it, it, you tend to lean into, again, the purposefulness of your service versus, hey, I'm doing this, right? Like just sharing who you are. Cause I agree with you. It really is a less polished you are. I mean, I don't mean don't show up not professional, but this idea of, you know, even for me, I was wearing business jackets for years going, well, I don't feel comfortable to say, I like, can't wait to get it off shoulders back, looking like a professional. And I can dress quite appropriate with my own style instead of putting on the business uniform. So I think it's just making that making, I guess the, I, the lesson I'm hearing from you is make yourself a little bit more three-dimensional and, and that there shouldn't be like there, maybe there once upon a time was this big division between who you are professionally and who you are personally, there should be, you know, some ebb and flow that, you know, you can share too much. I've seen those too, but, but a lot of us are not, I know for me, that's not a problem I've ever had. So, so making sure you weave your personality into your messaging. What I'm seeing a lot of that's been really interesting through, you know, the past couple months, especially as we're entering this new world, are headshots changing. Uh, mm. I did it myself and I did it, you know, I'd had a couple of professional headshots in my legal days and they're all me in that suit and tie. And, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. smiling because I smile all the time, uh, but I'm in that suit and tie and I'm looking very buttoned up. And when I started, you know, my business, I said, OK, I need to rebrand and I need new headshots that look like me. Because yeah. the mean, especially the mean in this world, is not someone that's in a suit and tie. I'm usually in a sweater or a flannel shirt, and I'm at my home keyboard, and I'm doing my thing. I'm going to yeah. be in calls with clients, but not expecting me in a tie. I've actually even seen lawyers start to change them. You yeah. know, someone posted yeah. that, you know, after five years, they wanted a headshot that actually reflected themselves. And they're in, you know, a sweater and a collar with their sleeves rolled up and their tattoos showing. And that's doesn't make yes. them any less professional. <laughs> Yeah. But that's that used great. to be and like, oh my gosh, post. you came from prison. <laughs> now it's oh, like, yeah. okay. no, no tattoos. No, now no you're artistic, like you're artistic if you've got tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so people are especially, and it, it's not even just, you know, you'd say, okay, it's a younger generation, but it's not even generational thing. I think on the whole, you know, we're really opening up, we're becoming a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more open. And I think it makes us a better professional, no matter what we're doing. If we're serving the clients, we're better, we're more empathic, we understand people better. You know, we're really able to connect. We're showing that, okay, we have a bit of a story that we're showing, whether it's through words or through, you know, showing some tattoos or a bit of our hair. There's always a story there. And yeah. we're able to connect with, you know, the stories of others. We're, we're sort of showing that we're receptive and open. And I think that really I, helps I, when it comes to clients. I know when we chatted, we were talking about, as you said, please forgive me. I used to be, you know, illegal. And I know for you, I'm like, how did you get from there to here? And you talked about like, even when you're going through a file, the stories in there, we changed everything for you that, and, and took it from this dry legal thing to a story. And I think for me too, that was a very powerful, that was a powerful story you shared about stories. <laughs> It, uh, no, and I always, you know, saw my clients, I'm, you're looking right now and, you know, the audience can't see, but I've got my bookshelf behind me. That's mostly biographies. I've loved stories since, you know, I could first read it just a thing about me. 
And so when I was working with clients head on, you know, they're coming to see me at one of their hardest points. I did employment law. I had a lot of people who had, you know, come to see me either the day, ideally not, but the day they've been let go or the day after. And, you know, their whole world is crushed. They might've been at that job 20, 30 years and suddenly, you know, the rug's been pulled out from under them. Uh, And so, you know, yeah, I could sit there and play with a mathematical formula and say, okay, you've worked here this long and you're this old and your case is probably worth X, but there's so much more to the math. There's a human there and there's a story there. And there's a story of, you know, what's going to happen to this person? How are they going to get through the next days? What are they going to do about, you know, their family and their kids and their own health? And, you know, what was the story of their time with the employer and what happened? How are they feeling? And What are they going to do next? And what opens up? And, you know, I, I'm telling, they're hiring me really as an advocate to tell their story, number one, mm. you know, so whether I'm writing a letter to their former employer, or whether I'm drafting, you know, a claim for court, I'm really spelling out their story. Mm. That's, you know, part of what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm really, you know, getting to know my client and really embrace their story. When you, if, you know, for lawyers, and I talk to them quite a bit, if you ever read a legal case, yeah, you can look at sort of, okay, how it changes the law and what the judge said about this principle and that. But there's always a story there. There's always a story of parties who are in a dispute and they believed in what they were fighting for long enough that they got to a judge or a trial process, which is not easy to do anywhere you are, you know, because there's a lot of steps in place to settle that out. There is a real passion there and there's a story there, whether it's a great story, sometimes it's a sad story. Sometimes, you know, it's not, not good news, but there's always something there. And the better that you, and that's not true, you know, and far beyond just law. So the sooner that you recognize your client's stories and really are able to engage with them and realize that, you know, that they realize that they are more than just, you know, uh, a bill or a set of numbers to you, that they're a person with a story. I think that makes you a better professional. I think too, I've always been a sucker for bios, uh, biographies, because what I find is really interesting, like things that I would like, I have no interest in this person. And then all of a sudden you hear these behind the scenes stuff that go, wow, I didn't know that. Or like, there's, I think it's always fascinating. There's such a story behind the story. And I think what's changing in my mindset right now, as I speak to you, I realize back to where I said, I think I present instead of talk, realize how many stories I could be telling about my clients and I present what we do and why we do it and how important I think I, it is and how much I, I'm passionate about helping you. Your business should support your life instead of consuming it. But I could be doing one day a week, whatever. Here's a story about Sarah. Here's a story about Christine. Here's where she came in. Like, oh my gosh, like how long I've not been doing that. So I think I tell stories to drive home a point when I'm working with clients, but I think I'm not pulling back the curtain and telling stories as part of just the fabric of my communication instead of presenting. Make it a habit. And I think, Chris, what you'll yeah. find is you'll reach a broader audience, you know, because yes. you're going to have people that are receptive to what you're doing and that's great and it's working and, you know, you're running a great business, oh. but you're going to reach a whole other subset of people. And be more interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't have time to talk to you anymore, Sean. I got to go write some stories. <laughs> I got <laughs> to get stories. on that. Like, ah, why did I not do this sooner? Because whatever. And I will tell people, you know, if I was talking to you, I'd be like, oh yeah, it was really exciting. I had this client this week that this happened. And I tell those stories, but never in a blog or a post. What 
is because I think that thing from school where you again you sit down and go okay I have to write an essay right even though I always talk about you know hit that thing on Google there's a little thing where you can just transcribe so I talk and then I edit my writing because it comes out much more fluid and is faster and you talk faster than you type no matter how much how fast you type blah 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 but still I still think you're thinking with a different part of your presentation brain when you're trying to communicate like that Oh my gosh. Okay. Where did the time go, Sean? Excellent. All right. That I've had a lot of aha moments here, Sean, where can people find more of your brilliance? So you can find me online at, so the my website is www.therightstuff.agency. It's the right stuff agency. So I have not even the .com. It's the right stuff agency. Oh, uh, I'm fancy. on Instagram at the right stuff agency. I'm on Facebook at the right stuff agency. Uh, my wife has me on TikTok now. I'm not doing much <laughs> dancing, thankfully. Uh, but I'm I'm basically anywhere you can find me at the right stuff agency. Uh, and I would love to connect and hear more about your story and see if I can help. Fabulous. Okay, that was spectacular. Thank you so much, everyone else. We will see you in the next episode. Thanks. Hey guys, don't miss out. Hop on over to free gift from chris.com. That's free gift G-I-F-T from Chris K-R-I-S.com. We are constantly putting goodies in there just for you guys so that you can have a business that supports your life instead of consuming it.